This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. How do we model getting help? I think it's important to recognize that there are a lot of ways that people get help. And some of them are really great, and some of them are not so great. Many of them are effective ultimately, but I think what we want to model for our kids when you need help is how do you ask directly for what you need? How do we ask directly, mom, I need some help with this. Can you help me figure this out? I want parents to be able to model that by saying, I'm having difficulty with this. I need to get help. Modeling for kids and talking through with kids how you figure out who to ask for help, how to go about getting help, how do you know when you don't need help? All of these are the skills of helping. Welcome to Fluster Clucks with Lynn Lyons, where we talk about a family's anxiety and other big feelings. Serious stuff without being too serious. I'm your co-host, Robin, and I'm Lynn's sister-in-law, and I'm here to ask your questions. And I'm Lynn Lyons. I'm an anxiety expert, speaker, mom, and author. I've been a therapist for over 30 years. Parenting can be a Fluster Clucks, and I'm here to help you find your way. And I'll even tell you what to say. Hi, everybody. We're back live. We had done a recast for the past two weeks because Robin left the country, left me high and dry for two weeks. I couldn't do it without her. Yep. It was a great time. We were in countries where the COVID numbers are incredibly low. And one of the things that I observed as an anxiety-focused person now because of the podcast, everyone said that travel was kind of crazy for them. People who were not anxious about flying were anxious about flying. Huh. See, you haven't done this yet because you haven't left the country. Yeah. So if you're someone like you or I who travel all the time and we're leaving the country, we sort of knew how things went. Now, their rules change almost every day. Every country has their own app, their own QR code, their own application, their own testing requirements. And so it was interesting to see this whole group of travel experts. We were all new. Hmm. We were all just concerned about how to comply with all of these new rules. An interesting observation because it's all the new logistics, right? Exactly. If you think about probably what it felt like to go back to school this fall, like everybody figuring out all the new logistics. Yes. How it's going to work in the cafeteria and the bus and the classroom. For you guys, it was how it's going to work at customs in the airport and the testing. Yeah. I have to say for everyone who's thinking about their travel for 2022, just for the sake of your own like ease, especially if you're taking a family vacation, just focus on one country so that you're only focused on the entry requirements of one country. Because oh. if you were going to hit a lot of different destinations, I'm telling you, the, the load is not insignificant. All right. Good piece of advice. Yeah. Free travel advice. I went to San Diego and it was fine, but I will tell you that flying home, I flew home on the red eye into a nor'easter, which was fine because I'm not an anxious traveler. It was fun watching the other people around me, but that was the first plane that I've been on since I started flying again that wasn't packed. 
like domestic travel, flying, the airports, the planes. It's been packed. I've been so surprised. That's been kind of interesting to me. I just think it would be really funny because there's that cinematic moment. Excuse me, is there a doctor on board? And there are so many people I know who have actually been called to birth a baby or attend a heart attack or whatever. But it's like, excuse me, is there an anxiety expert on board? <laughs> well, that happened to me, uh, you know, before COVID. I was on a plane and there was a woman in the very last row, like back by the bathrooms. The attendant came out and was sort of like, somebody's having a problem. Is there a, is there a doctor on board? And a woman sort of near me, she was a younger woman, sort of said like, yeah, I'm a doctor. And she's like, could you come into the back with me, please? And I just totally knew this woman was in the back of the plane having an anxiety attack. And I thought, okay, so this woman, I don't know what kind of doctor she is. Like, maybe she's a urologist. Maybe she's a dermatologist. <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking like, do I say anything? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so finally, the woman walked by, the flight attendant walked by me again. And I could see like they were getting an ice pack and they were putting ice on the back of her neck. And I said to her, um, just so you know, I specialize in anxiety. So if you need me, I'm here. And she was like, no, 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 we fine. We've got it. We've got the doctor. And I was like, okay. So yeah. <laughs> she didn't know what she had. <laughs> she didn't know what she had. Well, and I say oftentimes my joke is that there are two places you don't tell people that you specialize in anxiety and one is an airplane and the other is a wedding, right? So usually I just <laughs> keep my head, Billy, don't be a hero, right? <laughs> So anyway, that's a reference for you old people. Many of you be like, Billy, don't be a hero. Yeah, it was a really good song in the 70s. It really was. It was, it was recycled in the Priscilla Queen of the Desert soundtrack. Oh, also an old people reference. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of travel, sort of, I just want everyone to know, because we're actually getting a lot of requests already. We've signed the contract and we are hosting a teen and parents retreat the weekend of April 9th, 2022. And that information will be public soon. So make sure you join the Facebook group. And you can also provide your email there so that you will get registration information for that. Super All excited. Right. Yeah. Robin's been working behind the scenes. What are we talking about today, Lynn? Uh, today we're talking about help. I was going to sing a Beatles song. I'm not going to. We're talking about help. I was thinking about this notion right now of how do we help kids when they ask for help? Because in the mental health field right now, there is the word crisis, epidemic, catastrophe, all those words are being used to handle what's going on with our kids. And what I'm hearing over and over again, and I'm getting emails from people, it's really sort of sad, to be honest, is that people are really not able to get help for their kids and in the broader sense, how do we help kids ask for help? How do we model the different ways of getting help? How do people get help? I just think the topic of help is something that we can talk about. For example, this comes up a lot. A child comes home, they have to do their homework. Maybe it's a subject that they're not very good at. It's the subject that sort of makes them feel anxious. They look at their math assignment and they say, I can't do it. I need your help. And the parent immediately jumps in and says, okay, let me, let me help you figure this out. Or it just becomes a routine in the house that as soon as the child starts their homework, that the requirement is the parent sits with them and does their homework with them. This doesn't happen with older children, but it often happens with younger children. If you can teach your kids and model for your kids 
that it's good to try something first, that it's good to see how far you can get and then ask for help. That's a really good skill to have rather than making it automatic. My child needs help. This is also what we talked about in terms of creating autonomy so that you don't jump in and do it for them just because you do it better and easier and more efficient. So letting your kids tolerate the struggle a little bit before you jump in and help and you being able to say that to them, right? Oh, I'm going to try and figure this out. And if I can't figure this out, then I'm going to see if I need help. One of the things that I have done in my own head is that my husband is super, super good at fixing things and he can fix things he doesn't even know how to fix. He's just got that kind of brain and he's just good at figuring that out. I have learned over the 30 plus years that we've been together that I can just ask him, like, can you fix this? I have consciously made an effort to try and say to myself, let me just pretend that he's not here and let me see if I can fix it myself and then I'll go and ask him for help. Because I know that I developed a habit of just immediately asking for help without even trying to see if I could do it myself. And it's probably about 50-50. Maybe it's more like 30-70. But at least I give it a try. So you want to model that for your kids for sure. It's funny when you say that. I completely forgot about this. Mm -hmm. But when my daughter was maybe three or four, I had watched you with your parenting and I I didn't want to be a helicopter parent. I didn't have all of this information that we talk about now quite yet, but I knew I didn't want to swoop in. I knew swooping in was never a good thing Mm -hmm. unless someone's like physically hurt. Right. So when she would ask for help, I remember starting this pattern where I would say to her, see if you can rescue yourself first because you'll always be there when you need help. Oh, that's a great line. You'll always be there to help you. Yeah, that's a great line. And so that was also like, I never wanted to raise a damsel in distress, Mm -hmm. nor would I be the kind of mom who modeled that. So I needed to start giving language to it and make her be aware of that. Picture the thing that you've always wanted to learn. And now picture that you're learning it from the person who's literally the best in the world at it. It's fantastic. And that's what you get with Masterclass. I recently listened to Matthew Walker's talk on sleep and the importance of consistency with sleep. I loved Bobby Brown's Masterclass, gave me all these tips about putting on makeup because, you know, I'm in front of a camera sometimes and I want to look good. And Bobby was such a big help. So this year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass actually helps you do it. Like I actually put on makeup the way that Bobby Brown taught me how to put on makeup. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass actually helps you do it. Masterclass offers over 180 instructors. So whether you want to master negotiation with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or maybe you want to learn how to just make your makeup look better with Bobby Brown or sleep better with Matthew Walker, with Masterclass, you get unlimited access to intimate one-on-one classes with the world's best. I loved it. There are over 200 classes to pick from. New classes are added every single month, like a class that talks about your gut health. So many interesting things to learn. So every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's absolutely no risk. Right now, 
our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash fluster. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash fluster. Masterclass.com slash fluster. Lumen is the world's first handheld metabolic coach. It's a device that measures your metabolism through your breath. And on the app, it lets you know if you are burning fat or carbs, and it gives you a tailored guidance to improve your nutrition, workouts, sleep, and even stress management. So how Lumen works is that you breathe into the Lumen device first thing in the morning, and you'll know what's going on with your metabolism, whether you're burning mostly fat or carbs. And then Lumen gives you a personalized nutrition plan for that day based on your measurements. You can also breathe into it before and after workouts and meals, so you know exactly what's going on in your body in real time. And Lumen will give you tips to keep you on top of your health game. I love the extra data that I'm getting about my health right now. Because for many women of my age, as we are going through a long chapter of hormone changes, Lumen's helping me use my body's data to make the best choices. So your metabolism is your body's engine. It's how your body turns the food you eat into the fuel that keeps you going. And because your metabolism is at the center of everything your body does, optimal metabolic health translates to a bunch of benefits, including easier weight management, improved energy levels, and better sleep, which is key. So Lumen gives you recommendations to improve your metabolic health. So what is metabolic flexibility and why should you care? Well, the key to metabolic health is something called metabolic flexibility. We love flexibility at Fluster Clucks, and that's where Lumen really shines. It refers to your body's ability to efficiently switch between using different fuel sources like carbs and fats, and there are preferred times to use each, and how well you can switch places you on the metabolic flexibility spectrum. So after getting to know you through your breath, Lumen gives you a metabolic flex score that you can track and improve upon. So if you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fluster to get $100 off Lumen. That's L-U-M-E-N-D-O-T-M-E. And use Fluster at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. You know, one of the things I talk about so often, like you all know, because you listen, it's really about skills. Sometimes we just forget that when somebody's asking for help or somebody's stuck or they don't know how to do something, we have to show kids how to ask for help. Like say they're having trouble with a teacher at school or say they want to have a difficult conversation with a friend or say they're having trouble completing something or who knows what it is, is that if you can say to them, well, who would you ask for help? And how, how do you think would be the best way to ask for help? Kids, a lot of the time, email me because they're doing a project. They're writing a paper and they want to interview me or something. This is not an invitation for everybody to have your kids email me to help them with their papers. But, but it's interesting how these kids ask me for help. And sometimes I wonder, are they getting coached? It's really a skill that you develop of being able to reach out to somebody, be, being able to say, this is what I need. So how slick do some of these kids get? Some of them are pretty slick. I mean, I've gotten emails from kids that are really impressive, right? They say, this is the project that I'm doing. I'm working on this and this, and they describe it, and it's really cool. One of the things that I've noticed, though, I've had this happen more than once, actually, 
is somebody will email and say, is there a time I can interview you? And I'll say, I'm busy this day and that day, but I do have some time on this day, or I could talk to you over the weekend. And they'll email me back and say like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm really busy this weekend. And I'm like, oh, oh, are you? Really? You're really busy this weekend? Yeah. So that kind of makes me laugh. I had one person, they try to use grown-up language, which is kind of cute. I'll say, do you happen to have time on Thursday afternoon? And somebody wrote back and said, I'm sorry, I can't meet at that time. I have a previous engagement, right? So I know that they're just, (laughs) they're so cute. They're so cute. But somebody's helping them ask for help, right? They're reaching out. They're asking for help. It's good. Follow through is important. A lot of times kids don't follow through. This is reminding me of something else too. When my firstborn started Montessori, there was a teacher who was talking about how she liked to implement Montessori principles. You're going to love this. Mm -hmm. She said, we have to teach our children things all the time in order for them to be independent and learn how to do things for themselves. So if they had the privilege of using the microwave, for example, at school, and they would say like, I don't know how to use the microwave, never just reply, oh, you just got to Yeah. Oh, you got it. So if you ever say that phrase, what you need to do is you need to stop and recognize that this is a teaching moment. Go and thoroughly show them how so that they won't ask you again, Mm -hmm. because it's all about how do you teach them all these little things all around. Yeah. And that can be how to use the microwave, but that could also be something much bigger. Mm hmm. So my sons went to Montessori too when they were little. And I think I've talked about Mary Montessori. I've written about her. She was just such an amazing role model for me in parenting. She died of cancer a few years ago. And we talk about her all the time and miss her. Um, But I remember bringing my older son in. He was three and a half. When it's snack time, they all get in line and they pick up their little tray. And then they go through and they pour their drink and whatever the snack is. So the snack that day when he was there for his visiting day was they had to cut up apples and then I think they could get like a little cheese or something and then pour their drink. And I'm sitting there watching and I'm terrified because he doesn't, I don't think he knows how to cut an apple. And I, how is he going to pick up that pitcher and pour that juice in his cup? I just thought, oh my God, this is going to be a disaster. He went to the back of the line and I saw him watch every other kid do it. He was really paying attention. And then when he got up to the line, he took the apple, he took the knife He had watched like six other kids do it, maybe more, and then he did it. And I thought, this is amazing because not one of the kids in that line asked for help, which I'm sure if they asked for help, they would have given them the help, but they all watched each other. The way that the Montessori teacher was providing the help was modeling. It was just such a powerful moment for me. I was so relieved. I just sat there for 10 minutes of going like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And then that little bugger just went up right up and he just did it. So great. Maria Montessori famously says, never do for a child what a child can do for him or herself. But if we're talking about help, right, how do we help? How do we ask for help? The other thing we want to pay attention to, and this is really, I think, something that adults need to pay attention to also, is that not everybody asks for help in what we would call the right way. And I'm making little finger quotes, the right way. Like there's a lot of ways that people can get help They can do it passive aggressively. Give us some examples. Like, how do you passive aggressively ask for help? You say, oh, if only I knew how to do this. Or you say, well, 
I'm terrible. I can't do this. I'll never learn how to tie my shoes. I'm the stupidest kid in the world, right? That's sort of like a passive aggressive way. Instead of just saying like, hey, I need help tying my shoes. Adults do this too, right? Oh, you must think I'm horrible. I don't know how to do this. It's this way of saying I need help, but you be very passive in doing it. So I guess that's more of a passive way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's just say that's a passive way rather than a direct way of asking for help. Dramatically, we've all seen that, the Scarlett O'Hara way of asking for help. You know, oh gosh, I'll never figure this out. And that's dramatic. The way that I hear a lot of times actually is when kids need help and they're trying to figure out how to get help and they don't know how to do it directly, adults will accuse them of being manipulative. So adults will say, well, if she had just asked for help, I would have given it to her, but she's being manipulative. Or people say to me all the time, I didn't know if it was anxiety or manipulation. And I think that we need to pay attention to that language because if a young child is trying to get help, and even if it's a teenager, even if it's an adult, if somebody is really trying to get help and you are feeling like they're not asking you directly and they're doing it in some sort of way that feels manipulative or passive or dramatic, I really feel like they need to be taught how to ask for help directly. What do you think are those examples when manipulation sort of comes up instead of thinking it's a genuine request for help? Like when the parents say that, what did the kid do? So maybe it's homework time. And so the child hid all the pencils because they didn't know how to do the homework. Or they put their head on the counter and cry, or they rip up their paper, or they throw their paper in the trash and hide it. They do something destructive, or they tell a lie. They say, oh, well, my teacher didn't give me any homework. What about this project that you have to do, that I heard you have to do? Should we work on that together? Oh, no, I already, I already finished that project. And then the parents will say, oh, you are so manipulative. I put it through the asking for help translator. Like I imagine like what they did is there. And then we put it through this asking for help translator. They didn't know how to do the project or they felt overwhelmed by the project or they didn't know how to start the project or they knew maybe that it wasn't going to be very pleasant to do the project with you. So they try and change things and manipulate things so that they can get out of something Kids lie a lot in order to get out of things that they feel overwhelmed or they don't know how to do. We do that too, right? So if somebody asks us to do something that we don't feel really confident doing, we might say, oh, I'd love to, but I blah, 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 blah. So it's all of that misdirection and that giving a story or making things up or hiding something. And if we just recognize that it's probably because they don't know how to do it and or they don't know how to ask for direct help with it. And they feel like it's just much more work to try and solve the problem or get the help they need. And instead, they do something to avoid. In certain situations, if you've got kids who are really blowing up, they're having temper tantrums, they're being really explosive, they're really not able to manage their emotions, usually it's because they're overwhelmed and they just don't know what to do. And so a great question to ask a kid in that situation you told them to tie their shoes, you told them to go clean up their room or whatever, and they completely fall apart, is that you can say to them, it looks like you're having trouble doing this. And is there any way I can help you get started? Or do you need to ask me for help? 
And so really coach them. If you said to your kid, I need you to clean up their room, and they said, I'm really having a hard time figuring out how to get started, mommy. Can you show me where to start? You wouldn't think that was manipulation. But if they fall on the ground and start rolling around, or if they go hide under their bed, then you're going to see that as manipulation. Ask yourself the question, do they need help? And do they need help asking for help? Those are really, really helpful questions to ask. It's kind of mind-blowing when you think of all the different ways children behave. They've hit that wall, like, because we're talking about homework. Mm -hmm. They know they didn't understand it in school. So they are trying to avoid something uncomfortable, which is, you know, an anxious pattern. But there are so many ways that then they respond from lying to bad behavior. If we don't understand the simplicity of wanting to avoid something uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. we can just get so lost in this maze. Yeah. There's a really great way of talking, and this came from a lot of the trauma-informed work that people are trying to do in schools and thinking about this. And the question is, instead of asking, what's wrong with you or what did you do? You ask, what happened to you, right? Because that gives you a, a fuller picture of what this child is struggling with. And so if a child is misbehaving or a child is blowing up or you're trying to get them to do something and they're not doing it, instead of saying, why are you misbehaving or why are you making this so difficult? If you say, what do they need help with? Or are they capable of asking for the help they need? Well, then that just changes the whole conversation. It just takes a moment to sort of step back out of that reactive place and think, what are they trying to tell me? What are they asking for? And how can I offer that to them? If you are a mom who's trying to keep your calendar organized, keep your family's appointments where they need to be, then I'll tell you, the Skylight Calendar is a product that you ought to check out. You know how it is. Running a household can be pure chaos and it can be so stressful. This is why you need to check out the Skylight Calendar. It is going to make your life easier, mom. It really is. The Skylight Calendar is a smart touchscreen calendar and organizer for all your chores, groceries, to-do lists and a great way to manage appointments to make sure they never overlap and they're never missed. It helps keep busy households on track so families can get time back for moments that really matter. The Skylight Calendar is so easy to use and to set up. It's not going to frustrate you. You're going to be able to get it going within minutes. It syncs events from other family calendars, including Google, Apple, Outlook, you can add events directly using the touch screen or with the free Skylight mobile app. Updates to linked calendars will automatically appear on the Skylight calendar at home. So no more worrying that you guys are going to forget something. No more cluttered paper calendars. It shows all family events together in one spot. The events are color coded so you can easily see what everyone has going on each week. When the calendar's not in use, you can turn it into a digital picture frame. It's 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you don't love the Skylight calendar, you'll receive a full refund. They offer a 120-day money-back guarantee and free returns. You can't beat it. I think the feature that I love most is the collaborative way we can all add to the grocery list. And then when I'm ready to place an online order, whether I'm at home or my office, I have that list and there's no more items that we forget. So as a special time-limited offer for our listeners, get 15% off your purchase of a Skylight calendar when you go to 
skylightcal.com slash flusterclucks. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-C-A-L dot com slash flusterclucks. Mother's Day is coming right up, so order today to get 15% off your purchase at skylightcal.com slash flusterclucks. Robin and I travel a lot, and part of traveling is that you learn that you have to compromise, right? So maybe you're not going to get the best seat on the plane. Well, you know where you shouldn't compromise? You shouldn't compromise with your health care. When it comes to your health, there's no compromising, everybody. Don't go back to that one doctor who didn't really pay attention to you, who rushed you through your appointments. Check out ZocDoc. This is the place where you can find and book doctors who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, insurance. So literally no compromises here. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. You don't have to wait. You don't have to be on hold with a receptionist. These doctors all have verified reviews from real patients. So the typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. I have two young adult sons. They are always needing something, right? We've had broken elbows. We've had tonsils. We've had this. We've had that. If I were a young person, if I were a parent trying to help my young person find a doctor, this is what I would use. So Go to ZocDoc.com slash Fluster and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Fluster. ZocDoc.com slash Fluster. I feel like everything you're saying isn't as effective without pulling in the framework you always sort of talk about in the context of skill building. If we are focused on skill building and trying to identify the skills that need to be built, yep, it makes a lot of things so much easier to understand. Mm -hmm. But if we don't look at that framework, I think a lot of parents get very confused by their kids. Yeah, well, because the confusing behavior is usually big and loud. It's the same with adults, right? So if you see somebody just totally flipping out, you're like, what the heck is going on, right? Well, what does this person need help with? And I'm not saying that every person who's behaving badly that you have to go and offer them help. With your kids, it's a different story. But a lot of times when people are freaking out, when people are losing it, when people are doing something that you're going like, what is going on? Oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes they don't know how to ask for help. Probably with an adult that is that emotionally out of control, they've never known how to ask for help. And nobody has ever taught them, how do you get the help that you need, right? It's a big deal as an adult to move through the world, not being able to ask people for the help that you need, not even knowing what kind of help that you need, not even being able to start the conversation of saying, I'm really overwhelmed, I'm really frightened, or I'm really pissed off, I just need blank. Starting that early with your kids, what do you need to get you through this? How can I help? What are the skills that I can help you with? This is something that happens in the mental health field a lot, is that 
there's all this interpreting of behavior that I think sometimes just gets a little crazy if you ask me that somebody won't be able to do something or I'm talking to somebody who's not able to figure something out or not able to do the thing that they say they want to do. And my field, people say like, well, I think they're self-sabotaging. I think they have some unconscious drive to not solve the problem. Or there's some sort of secondary gain. There's some sort of benefit for them to not follow through with this. And I just think sometimes it's just really saying to somebody, do you know how to do this? Because it looks like you're stuck and you don't know how to find your way out of this mess that you're in. Instead of assigning all of this sort of secret underlying behavior and thought process, it sometimes it's just really not that complicated. The person doesn't know what to do. That's why I focus so much on how. So many people lack the skill to have an uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. If you don't know how to have an uncomfortable conversation and you don't know how to ask for help in that sense, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, that has such a huge impact on your friendships, your relationships. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big one. Yeah, it's a huge one. And it comes up over and over and over again. The episode last week, which was a recast, but we talked a lot about how do we have those uncomfortable conversations? And that's where asking for help and letting somebody know that you don't know how to do something can be a really uncomfortable conversation. You're very vulnerable when you're asking for help. It's the old gender stereotype of men won't stop and ask for directions because I think they feel like, oh God, I'm supposed to know. And when you talk to people about the fact that it's really okay to be vulnerable, it's really okay to not know. How many times have you been having a conversation with somebody and they use a word or they're referring to something and they'll say like, well, you know, you know about so da, 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 don't you? And you lie and you say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And inside you're thinking like, oh my God, I don't know that. But you're too afraid to say, can you tell me what that is? Or I don't know what that word means, or I'm not familiar with that. I think I used to do that if I think back when I was much younger. I think if somebody referred to something and said, do you know such and such? Or have you read such and such? I would say like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to say that I didn't know it. I didn't want to reveal that. It's just a very vulnerable place. I will tell you, at my first jobs in New York City, I was working with a lot of professors and writers talking about books that I had not read. Oh, you don't follow the work of so-and-so? Like That would just come up a lot. Mm -hmm. I did learn with practice how to say, no, who's that? know what's that. And it was painful in the beginning. Then it just became normal. So that's actually good news. Yeah. It gets easier every time you say that. Yeah. It does get easier. When I was younger, it just felt so, so hard to sort of reveal that and to ask for help. And think if you're a teenager, if you're a young adult, if you're a little kid, we think we're supposed to know all this stuff. We think we're supposed to know how to figure it out. It's a balance that we have to strike as parents between, like you said at the beginning, not stepping in right away to help as soon as they ask for it and not trying to preempt some sort of meltdown or something by making sure that you do everything for your child, but at the same time, teaching them how to ask for help when they need it and teaching them how do you go about getting help when you need it. Think about all the applications of that, you know, with your physical health, with your mental health, with your career. If your car runs out of gas, how do you ask for help? It's just a really important social skill to have. I just have to bust on you for a second. Okay. 
because you <laughs> that sounded so weak. <laughs> but you pretended to have seen inside out oh. to numerous people and you did not see it. Okay. Okay. Phew. And you still I was haven't like, seen it. Yeah. Okay. So I will bust on myself. I lied about it like last week. I lied again. <laughs> I did. I did. What I is did. it going to take? Well, and I, I think it was like even a two-tier lie because I think it was somebody that we had that I had lied to before. <laughs> so then she brought it up again. Like she's like, because remember in Inside Out? And I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so no, that lie continues. And it's a strange thing because I talk openly about the fact that I have lied about not seeing Inside Out. And yet, <laughs> yet I still continue to lie about not seeing inside out. Yeah. So perhaps I'm self-sabotaging myself. <laughs> perhaps I have some perhaps I have some unconscious desire to not watch inside out. No, I just totally, I just flip and forget all the time. Or at the end of the day, I don't want to watch. I want to watch the Great British Baking Show. I don't want to watch Inside Out. I don't want to watch it. No, that makes perfect sense. Phew. I was like, oh my God, what is she going to bust on me for? I'm sure that I have much worse transgressions than that, but I'll take it. I'll own it, man. I'll own that one. So when you were catastrophizing in that moment, yeah. waiting to hear how I was going to bust you, yeah. what are some of the options that came up? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. It was just sort of this blank of sort of like, oh no, what did I do? Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, I wasn't specifically catastrophizing. I was just totally, I was like, oh God, yeah. And I also knew, as you said, I'm going to bust on you. I also knew that you were probably going to be right. I was just going to have to take it. Yeah, I was just going to have to take it. So Lynn, we are going to be releasing the family sessions in a, right after Thanksgiving. Why don't you tell everyone what it is in case they want to do it? Yep. So what it is, is I've recorded a few of them so far. They've been super great. And thank you to the people who participated. But you come to me. We just set up a Zoom session and we record it. I disguise all of your information, et cetera, et cetera. I walk you through it. And people have been gracious enough to sort of be vulnerable enough and to talk about their stuff on the podcast. So if you're interested in doing that, it's a way to get a consultation with me. But I think they're really going to be helpful to the people that are listening. Yeah. The link to apply for this is in our Facebook group. Mm -hmm. And that link is in our show notes. So everybody join the Facebook group so that you can ask Lynn an upcoming question on an episode and that you'll get all the information about our 2022 events first. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Fluster Clucks. Bye, Robin. Bye, Lynn. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.